Michael Kolomenkin, I will present my joint work with Dvir Ben Or and Gil Shabbat. We are from uh, Playtica. The work is called Deep Learning Based Dynamic Difficulty Adjustment with Gameplay Constraints. Uh, let's start with some motivation. Uh, look at this result. 31 to 0 was the highest uh, score gap in the international football history. And what do you think about this game? Did the players enjoy it? Did the audience enjoy it? My answer to those questions is big, big no, because the game was very one-sided. And the reason that I think no one enjoyed the game was that for some players, the game was very, very easy. And for the other side, it was too difficult. And the opposite, look at this game. This is a, a semi-final from this year, European Championship. While having much fewer goals, only one, uh, one in the main time, this game was, uh, it had tension, it had drama, it kept both the audience and the players occupied until the final moments of the game. And I think that we, by we I mean Platica, this is the kinds of game that we want to create. You may ask, what is the secret for a successful game? There are lots of secrets. You need to have good graphics, good UI and uh, engage in gameplay. But there is one topic where we, by AI and data science people, can really make a difference. And th th this topic is difficulty setting or difficulty adjustment. Let's ask ourselves what the ideal difficulty should be. First of all, the ideal difficulty should be personalized. For example, this weight is probably nothing for a seasoned gym veteran, but it's too much for this toddler. The difficulty should be also dynamic. The image here shows the transformation that the guy underwent in five years. And what was very difficult for him five years ago is probably very easy now. The difficulty should be also fair. The world is small and players talk to each other. And if for some reason a group of players will play on easier settings than other players, Everyone will find it. Will find about it, and uh, people will get angry, and they won't like the game. And finally, we want our game designers to have a precise difficulty control. It's not enough to say that the game is easy, medium, hard. We want to. We want the designers to control the nuances of the game. Let, let's see what people did regarding difficulty control in the past. First direction is to measure player physical responses as EEG, the brain signal, so facial responses, eye movements. This is very interesting and really scientifically, it's a amazing direction, but it's hardly applicable to modern mobile games. And another approach is to divide the game into a number of states and to make sure that the player spends a certain amount of time in each state. Again, very nice approach, but it's not really personalized. The, the final method, it's most similar to what we did, is to say that the difficulty should be proportional to player skills. The dependence doesn't have to be linear, as you see in this graph. It may be quadratic, exponential, whatever, but there, there should be some dependency. And most of these methods, they don't pay special attention to fairness. If I summarize what I just said, and create a matrix where each row of the matrix 
the requirement from the ideal difficulty is personal, dynamic, fair, and have an accurate control. And the columns of the matrix are various methods for setting the difficulty. You can see that our method, the method that I'll present in this minute, manages to achieve a green V, manages to achieve all the required conditions. Specifically, our contribution is threefold. First of all, we define the optimal difficulty as a parameter that minimizes the user experience loss function. Our user experience loss function has a personal and the global component, and together they allow us to create, to create fair and enjoyable games. Our second contribution, that we show how to incorporate a family of important design constraints into our optimization process. These design constraints are characterized by zero gradient and optimizing functions with zero gradient is, is not a trivial task. And finally, we tested our approach in a real game with a million of daily users and we show that our approach outperforms the corresponding manual approach. Before diving in into mathematical details, let's uh, align on some terminology and uh, assumptions. First of all, we focus on online games with a large number of users. We, we need online games because we are using feedback from the game. We want to learn from the historical data how our players uh, behave and how they play. And we need games with a large number of users because we compare players to each other to ensure that the uh, difficulty is fair. Regarding the difficulty itself, while seemingly simple, sometimes the difficulty might be a vague term. In many cases, difficulty is a, say it's, it's the quality or, of the AI, of the computer, of the opponent AI. In, in our case, it's different. We're not talking about AI, a, a opponent to computer AI. When I say difficulty, I mean the performance of a player, for example, the number of uh, objects that the, players need, the player needs to collect, the number of monster, monsters the player needs to slay or time spent achieving a goal. And in many cases, difficulty and performance for us, it's, uh, they are interchangeable uh, terms. And during the lecture, we'll, I will use both of them. Let's say if player manages to collect a lot of objects, I can say that the difficulty was hard, or I can say that the performance of the player was great. So th these are the terminology and assumptions. Let's start with the details. First of all, the user experience loss function. As I said, it's, uh, it consists of a personal and a global component. The personal component intuitively, it says that the difficulty of the player should be in the comfort zone of the player. What I mean by comfort zone? It's the uh, performance that we expect the player to achieve. We have a component that can learn how the player is expected to play in the future. And we want to assign difficulty that's not too far away from the expected performance of the player. Regarding the uh, fairness component, again, intuitively we want uh, similar players to get similar difficulty. If I go into math, these uh, parts can be represented by this equation. It's really simple. First of all, we quantize, so we, we divide players into groups according to their similarity by various in-game parameters. 
And then for each group, we want to achieve two things. The first one is that we want the variance of the difficulties of the players of the same group to be minimal. This is the component on the left side. And the second, we want the expected achievement, the expected performance of the player to be similar to the required difficulty. And they, we solve uh, this equation, we optimize this equation using a neural network. And the reason to use a neural network is uh, because we have, uh, we, we use time series, we have a lot of data from the past performance of the player. We look at one month history, just neural networks uh, gave us the, the best results when we compare it to other methods. Okay, so I talked about the user experience loss function and the parameters that minim that minimize this loss function. We define them as the optimal difficulty. Now let's look at our second contribution. Again, I start with some motivation. Game designers often want to curve the success of players, similar like teachers want to curve the grades of students. This, if you're a teacher, sometimes you want a certain percentage of students to get A, a certain percentage of students to get B, etc. In the, in the game case, the situation is binary. The game designers want a certain percentage of player to finish a level or to finish a game, and the other players not to finish this time. And where the problem is, is that the, this constraint can be represented by a step function. Whenever a player finishes the level, the player is counted in. Is the, so the step function is equal to one uh, at positive values. And whenever the when player does not finish a level, the player is not counted in and the step function is equal to zero. And the, the problem with this function that its gradient is zero everywhere, expect one point and zero, and there the gradient is equal to infinity. There are some solutions to optimize this function. They can be approximate, they can be smoothed, they can be approximated by sigmoid. There are also some other machine learning methods. The difficulty is that in order to make these methods to work in practice, you need to fine tune a lot of parameters. You need to spend really, really a lot of time. And again, in, in practice, we didn't manage to make it work. Instead of approximation approaches, we chose a different approach. We decided to use a projected gradient descent. Just, just to remind you what projected gradient descent is, if a regular gradient descent Whenever you want to find the mean of the function, you start with a random point, you compute the gradient direction, make steps along the gradient direction until you reach minimum. In projected gradient descent, you start with the point, you make a step in the gradient direction, and then you project your point onto the feasible domain, the domain of the values that uh, your constraints require you to hold. In this example, the function that we want to minimize is is marked by a fed blue line. It's uh, y equal fx. Uh, and the feasible domain is marked by a fed green line. On the right side of the drawing, you can see the uh, path of regular gradient descent. It's a thin blue line. And the path of a projected gradient descent, it's marked by thin red line. You can see that in projected gradient descent, eventually your minimum should lie onto the, on, on the feasible domain. So it's, uh, it, it sounds simple. We can find the minimum of uh, our loss function using, let's say, neural network. And then we can project neural network uh, weights onto the feasible domain. But then 
we asked ourselves a question, how do we project neural network weights? Our neural networks network has millions of parameters. And th this question is really, really not trivial. And I think that we came up with some uh, nice idea how to do it. We project the neural network weights onto the feasible domain. By feasible domain, again, I mean that the values that satisfy the design constraint, maybe I forgot to say that the, we call the design constraint the completion rate constraint. It's the percentage of players that complete a, a level. So we achieve this projection by changing the gradient of the neural network loss function, running neural network iteration again, repeating all the iterations until convergence. I will show you an example, I think it make it clearer. So in our algorithm, the first step is to minimize the UX loss function using neural network. This is the equation that you saw. Very simple equation, we can minimize it and find the optimal parameters theta. And the second step, we compute the completion rate constraint. And the completion rate constraint is defined as the percentage of players for whom the actual performance is higher than the required difficulty. If the performance is higher, the player finishes the level and the player is counted in. So this is the completion rate constraint. What is interesting is the third step. It, in the, at the third step, we take the loss function of the neural network that we used and we redefine it to be the plus minus average required difficulty. Why we do it? Let's say that the completion rate constraint that we got was higher than the desired completion rate constraint. It means that the difficulties on average were too low and we want the difficulties to become higher. In this case, we set the loss function to be the minus average uh, required difficulty. We minimize the function, it's the same as saying we want to maximize the difficulty itself, you have minimized the minus difficulty. And using the regular neural network backpropagation, we change the neural network parameters so that the constraints hold. By the way, in the paper, I just, I don't want to go into the mathematical details here. In the paper, we proved that th this thing converges. And after this project and iteration, the iteration number three, we go back to step one, exactly as in projected gradient descent. After projection of the parameters, we go to minimization of the main function of computing the gradient to making a step along the gradient direction. And we repeat the whole procedure number of types, times until convergence. Uh, okay, th this was our uh, second contribution. The third contribution, I will share with you some details on our real test. We took one of the Platic as a game. We had the 800,000 players in the control group. They got some rule-based difficulty assignment according to how designers usually set difficulties. 200,000 players got difficulties with our method. In this specific case, the designers want to achieve 9% of completion rate. With our approach, we achieved a 8.7% percentage completion rate. And the rule-based approach achieved 12% of completion rate. But the most interesting difficulty is not the percentage on the whole population. In this histogram, we show the completion. The, this is the histogram of completion rate by different clusters of players. 
if you remember, we first of all divide players into clusters according to their similarity. And in this, in this histogram, we see that in control group shown by blue, the variance of completion rates is very, very high. There are some players who get completion rate of 0 0.3, 0 0.4, and some players who, some clusters for whom the completion rate is very low. While in our method, the completion rate has small variance. In most of the players, most of the clusters fall into the range of uh, somewhat around 9% uh, of completion rate. Uh, limitations in the future research. Uh, first of all, the clustering. I, I told in the beginning that we divide players into clusters and then we compute uh, according to the similarity. And I think that the, this clustering should be incorporated directly into the optimization procedure. We just didn't have time to do it. Maybe it will be our next step. Another limitation is that our approach requires prior knowledge. Our neural networks learns how to predict player performance in the future according to the player performance in the past. So it's not really suitable for just to start from scratch. We need to know how players performed in the past. Your X loss function, it has a global and personal component and there is a weight that defines the relative there is a parameter that defines the relative weight of the global and the personal component. We, in our experiments, we set this coefficient to be one. I mean, we gave the equal weight to personal global components, and I think it uh, should be investigated further. And the, finally, there is an issue of uh, difficulty trajectories. It's a very interesting topic. Sometimes players like to get easy games, then hard games, and easy games again, and hard games. Our approach does not support those cases. We focus on a, on a single game. We still don't, uh, uh, we, we still ignore the trajectories. We still ignore multi-game uh, multi trajectories. Uh, I think uh, that's it. Uh, thank you. And uh, if you have questions, I'll be glad to answer.